Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, June 11th, 2023, we continue our series titled Knowing Jesus, the Gospel of Luke. Today's sermon, How to Love Hard to Love People, will be taught to us by Pastor Thomas Slager out of Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 36. But first, here's a quick recap of last week's sermon. What's your purpose? What are you living for? Are we living for now or are we living for eternity? Or do we have our eyes fixed on Jesus and do we find ourselves at all thinking about, God, what's going to matter 100 years from now? I want to live with that purpose in mind. Blessed are you who, who deny maybe that felt desire. I need food. I need sex. I need companionship. I need this. I need that. Can we look at it all and go, God, I feel this. I have this desire. I want it in my flesh, but I'm going to say no because I know what your word has called me to, something greater. Because to me, that's the charge he's going to give to his disciples. Man, we're going to live different. We're going to pursue different. And man, you need to understand that 100 years from now, everything that you have here is going to be left behind or burned up. But eternity awaits. Can we live with that in mind? This morning, we are talking about loving our enemies. Loving our enemies. Now, I don't know at what point in life this occurs where you start to realize you have enemies, but it's not necessarily something you deal with as a kid. Right? I mean, I remember sending our kids to school, uh, even the youngest ones, even still. Evie will go to preschool. She's three years old. How was school? It's great. Do you have friends? Yes. Who's your best friend? Everyone. Everyone? Wow. To be three again. Everyone loves you. Everyone likes you. No one has a problem with you. That sounds amazing. Kindergarten, things are still great. First grade, things are still pretty good. Second, third grade, you start to realize, like, okay, there's some people out there that are just a little different that I don't really quick, quick click with, and they're a little bit hard to love. Okay, by middle school, your walls have gone to the ceiling and you're not letting anyone in, all right? You don't know who's who, who's a friend, who's an enemy, who's a frenemy trying to play that weird game. By high school, life's gone crazy. You don't know who to trust, who to listen to. And then by like, I don't know, 30, you just decide the idea of friends, no. All right, no. Me, myself, and I, those are my three best friends. No one can hurt me, no one can harm me, no one can hate me. It's like we grow up, and as we grow up in life, we start to realize there's some people that are just hard to love. Then there's this whole different side of things, right? As we grow up in our faith and start doing the things the Lord's called us to do, living the life he's called us to live, as we begin sharing his message he's called us to share, talking about sin and talking about Jesus, what he's done on our behalf, well, now that offers a, a whole nother category of enemies. Now people don't like us, not because we're just different and have different hobbies, but now they don't like us. They hate us because we talk about Jesus. This is why Jesus says, hey, remember, if they hate you, they hated me first. And we realize in life, man, some people are just hard to love, sometimes because they're different and sometimes because they're just enemies of the faith and enemies of us. So how do we respond? That's the question. How do we love hard-to-love people? Because that's where Jesus goes in Luke chapter 6. Again, let me invite you to turn there. Luke chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 27 through 36. Um, 
pray for us, and then we'll start answering that question. How do we love people who are hard to love? Luke 6, starting in verse 20, it says this, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Let's pray. Oh God, well, it's my voice heard. We know it's your word that's been spoken this morning, and we know that your word is the authority for our life. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would guide us, that you'd convict us this morning, that you would um, open our eyes to the sin in our life, that we can turn from that sin and open your, our eyes to see your son so we can turn from sin and towards your son and follow him. God, help us grasp this difficult concept and um, difficult teaching from your son to love the people around us who are hard to love, the people we just don't get along with and even the people who go as far to hate us, to hurt us, or to even harm us. God, everything we do and say in this place is for your glory. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. I mean, I don't know about you, when I read that passage, something just is stirred inside of me and I realize I don't wanna do any of the things Jesus just told me to do. None of them. Love my enemies? I'd rather not. Bless those who curse me? No thanks. Give to everyone who would beg? No. Okay, it's like I'm spring-loaded in the exact opposite of what Christ is calling me to do. Yet still, that's what he's called us to. We saw last week that God calls us to live a countercultural lifestyle. He calls us to live different than the rest of the world. See, you curse those who curse you. That's what happens in the world. If someone begs, we don't give. If someone takes, we demand it back. If someone insults, we insult them back. That's just the way of the world. The way of Christ is radically different, and that's what he calls us to this morning. Verse 27, let's start with it. He says, but I say to you who hear, which is Jesus' way of saying, hey, listen up. Okay, listen up. This might get difficult. Love your enemies. What is love? To love is to desire and seek the best for someone. It's not just an attitude. It's not just the thought. And it's not even just our speech. It's an action. Okay, we don't just um, love in word. We don't just love in thought. We love in deed. Action, actions speak louder than words. So when it comes to loving people, not just the people who love us, the people who would be our enemies, we love them with action. We truly love them with action. Let's talk about enemies. Who is our enemy? Enemy and enmity are very close words to one another. It means to be opposed. So an enemy is one who opposes you. An enemy is never the one that you oppose. Okay, so enemy here in the text is those who would hate you, 
those who might hurt you, those who might harm you, specifically on account of the Son of Man, because you followed Jesus. Okay, never in the scriptures is God told us to have enemies. He's never told us to oppose other people. He tells us the exact opposite, actually. Your battle is not against flesh and blood, but against who? Principality, something going on in the spiritual forces. Our enemy, the evil one, the devil, Satan, prowls around like a hungry lion, looking for something to steal, looking for someone to kill, looking to destroy. That's our enemy. So the text here, it speaks to those who would oppose us because of our faith, those who would, would hate us, those who would hurt us with their words, those who would seek to harm us with their actions. What follows then is a list of seven things of what does this look like. Some of them have to do with when someone does something to yourself, to you as a person. Other parts have to do with what is when someone does something to your stuff. So how do we respond to the enemies in our life? Do good to those who hate you. That's the first one. Just do good. And that's the easy one to grasp. Do good. Uh, you drop your kids off at a pool party, drop your kids off at a baseball practice, a, a game, whatever it might be, and we tell them, be good. Okay, just be good. Remember who you are. Be good. And they get it. Don't do bad stuff. Do good stuff. This is what God calls us to. Don't do bad stuff to people who are our enemies in life. Do good stuff to them. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Bless those who curse you. So by a raise of hands... Who's been cussed out before? All right, the rest of y'all are lying. You just don't know it. That's what it is. You're unaware. But I bet someone has said something nasty behind your back or driving down the road. Who knows what it might be. Bless those who curse you. Bless those who tear you down. Bless those who seek to destroy you, to demean you, to diminish you. The response of a believer is not curse them back. The response of a believer is bless them is bless them. But again, we are spring-loaded to do the opposite on this one, aren't we? If someone's just laying into us and just destroying us with their words, about halfway through, here's what happens. We start thinking up our best material. Okay? And I can come up with like a three-point outline. The words even rhyme of what I'm going to give this person at the end of what, what I'm going to give them. That's what we do. We're spring-loaded. We are ready to fire back. We are ready to fight back. We are ready to curse back. But here, he calls us to bless. You're going to cuss me out? What's the response of a believer? Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. That's what we're called to. That's ridiculous. But it's countercultural, isn't it? It's different than the world. That's what Christ is calling us to. Be different than the world that surrounds you. Don't be like everybody else. Be like Jesus. Follow what he says. We bless those who curse. Pray for those who abuse. This word abuse here is more, uh, it'd be more appropriate to use the word mistreat. Pray for those who mistreat you. And there's certainly a scale of what mistreating could look like. Okay, there's hating you, there's hurting you with their words and hurling insults and cursing you out, and there's also physical pain, harm, abuse. And here God calls us to pray for those who would mistreat us, to pray for those who would hurt us, to pray for those who would harm us. That's certainly easier said than done, isn't it? What's that look like? What's it look like to pray for someone who mistreats you. My friend Gina Hanna, she's a woman in our church who disciples people like crazy, um, wonderful, wonderful woman of God. Uh, and she taught me an acronym that's in one of our rooted things. It's a Bible studies thing that we do sometimes. It's pray, P-R-A-Y. Okay, how do we pray? P, praise. 
It starts with praise. What's it look like to praise God in the context of being mistreated? It might look like this. God, thank you that you see me right now where I am. God, thank you that you know what it's like to be mistreated. You know what it's like to be mistreated to the point of death. God, thank you for walking with me through every season of life. God, thank you for walking with me through the valleys. Thank you for walking with me in the mountaintops. Thank you for being with me and seeing me. We praise. R is repent. What might we pray? Repentance in the situation of being mistreated. God, would you cause this person to repent? Would you cause them to repent? Would you send your Holy Spirit to convict them concerning sin, judgment, and righteousness, that they would see their evil deeds, turn from their sin, turn towards, their, turn towards your son? That's what we could pray. A is ask, God, would you get me out of this? Okay, read through the Psalms. David, all the time, is saying, like, God, would you deliver me? God, would you destroy my enemies? God, would you do this? God, would you do that? God, would you bring justice? God, would you cause that? Would you cause this? It's okay for us to ask God those kinds of things. And the why is yield, but not my will, your will be done. Okay, God, I'll tell you what I want in this situation. I'll ask for what I need, for what I think I need. But just like Jesus prayed in the garden, if God, if there's any other way, this cup can be passed. If there's any other way, not my will, your will be done. God, in this situation of someone mistreating me, I submit to you and know your plan's better, your will, your way. We pray for those who mistreat us. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. This isn't assault, this is insult. The wording here refers to like a backhanded slap, just like someone would diss you and you'd say, that's such a slap in the face. That's what this refers to, being insulted. And when someone insults you, Jesus basically says, man, just let it ride. Okay, sticks and stones, sticks and stones. Let it go. Let it go. We could retaliate or we could trust that God's our judge and that he's got it handled. Turn the other cheek. It's what he calls us to when we love our enemies. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. We're starting to get a little obscure. Anyone wear a cloak this morning? I think I saw one of you. I think we asked you to check it at the door because it was weird. We don't wear our cloaks or a tunic. Anyone wearing their tunic this morning? Nope. Cloak was like a big heavy robe outer garment. A tunic was like a dress shirt that turned into a dress. That's kind of like what a tunic was. And here's what's obscure about it. You're like, so if someone takes my clothes, give them the rest of my clothes? That sounds weird, Jesus. But what he's referring to is a law found in Exodus chapter two that had to deal with rights. Had to deal with rights. See, someone could sue you for your possessions um, to get back what was owed them. One of the things they could not sue you for or not take away was your cloak. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we can take everything else, but we're going to leave their jacket. We're going to let them keep their cloak so if it gets cold outside, they can be protected. They might not have a home, but at least they can be warm. So we're not going to take their cloak from them. Jesus says, if someone takes your cloak, let them have your tunic as well. It speaks to our rights. I mean, I love, love my rights. Everyone calm down a second when we talk about rights, okay? I love my rights. I love America. I love that I'm free. 
I love that I can say whatever I want, freedom of speech. I love my right to freedom of speech. But there's a time and a place where it'd be good for us to bite our tongue for the purpose of loving an enemy, pointing them to Jesus, then exercising our rights, then exercising our freedom of speech. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. All things are lawful, not everything's beneficial. I don't know what that looks like for you, but maybe we need to tamper down those expectations of I have rights, I can do what I want, say what I want. No, man, Christ calls us to love our enemies, seek the best for them. We seek the best for our enemies. Give to everyone who begs from you, everyone who begs from you. This speaks more to like help the people who ask you for help. Help the people who ask you for help. Okay, maybe it's the guy in the corner with the sign. Uh, maybe you can do what I do. I pray a little prayer. God, is this one I'm supposed to give something to? And I'll normally feel it pretty quickly, yay or nay. And if it is, what do we got? We got water, we got water bottles, we got leftover food, we got a few bucks, a pocket full of change, help them out. Give to the people who beg from you. Or maybe it's more personal. Maybe an enemy actually comes to you and says, bro, I need some help. Man, are we in a powerful position if that were to happen, wouldn't we be? Bro, you've been my enemy for all these years. You've said some of the most hateful, hurtful, and done some harmful things to me. And now you're coming to me for help? Again, that's the temptation in our flesh. That's what we're spring-loaded to, isn't it? But here to love our enemies, we give to those who would beg from us. And from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. How far are we willing to go with this whole thing? How far are we willing to go to love someone who hates us? And again, love, meaning to do the best for them. And the best for them would be to lead them towards Christ. Show them who Jesus is. Show them the love of Jesus. I want to stop real quick and start answering that question. How do we love hard-to-love people? How do we love hard to love people? Again, I said I am spring-loaded and hardwired to not do any of these things, so I'm not going to be able to do them on my own. How do we love hard to love people? We surrender our life to Christ, we're filled with, and then walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the first thing. How do we love hard to love people? We're filled with and walk by the Spirit. If you want to follow along with me, I'm going to go to the right to Galatians chapter 5. Um, if you've got a, one of those pew Bibles, it's page 1157. Galatians chapter five says this, but I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. How many of you would like to hold back that spring-loaded nature to respond and retaliate in ungodly ways? I know I would. Here's the secret sauce right here. Walk by the spirit and you won't be that way. Walk by the spirit. The scriptures teach Ephesians chapter one. We give our life to Christ. We're sealed and filled with the Holy Spirit. We now have this power living us that did not reside there before, causing us to walk in new ways, desire new things, and have fruit produced in our life that otherwise would not be produced. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Very first thing. The fruit that God produces in our life is love. Love for who? Just for Christians, right? Right? Just the easy-to-love Christians that I have everything in common with? Just the cool people in my small group, not the weirdos? That's what Jesus said, right? John 13, by this the world will know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another, just the church. No, love towards enemy. 
Love towards neighbor, love towards whoever Christ would put in your path. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That desire to retaliate when I give my life to Christ and am filled with and walk by the Spirit. Self-control. Against such things, there is no law. How do we love people who are hard to love? We're filled with and walk by the Holy Spirit. Verse 31, Jesus says this, and as you wish that others would do to you, so do to them. What's that called? You've heard that before? The golden rule. Treat other people the way that you would like to be treated. Taught in the school systems all around the country. And it's from Jesus. Baseline principle of how to love hard to love people, follow the golden rule. That's what Jesus said. Treat other people the way you would like to be treated. Okay, if you slip up and in your anger and frustration cuss somebody out, how would you like them to respond? With their best material tearing you down like that you just tore them down? Or in a way that brings grace, in a way that brings love, in a way that shows forgiveness? If that's what we'd like to see from people, then that's what we show to other people. We treat other people the way that we would like to be treated. Third thing, how do we love hard to love people? We have to trust that God is our protector and he is our provider. We have to. Half of these things deal with our self. When someone harms us, half of the things deal with our stuff. When someone takes our stuff or asks for our stuff. See, when I trust that God is my protector, I don't have to retaliate when someone hurts me. Vengeance is mine. This is what God says. Vengeance is mine, I will repay. I don't have to be judge, jury, and executioner because my God is a perfect judge. He sees the whole situation. He knows everything and he judges perfectly better than I ever will. When I trust that he has my back, that when I trust that he has my protection in mind, then I don't have to fight back with people. When I trust that God is my provider, that he is my good shepherd, the Lord is my good shepherd, I shall not want When I trust that God is my good shepherd and someone takes my stuff or asks for my stuff, I can let go of it because I know God will be my provider. If we're gonna love hard to love people, the people that are just different and hard to love and the people who would even hate us and hurt us and harm us, it requires us to have a deep trust in God. Verse 32, Jesus transitions and starts asking three hypothetical questions. Three hypothetical questions causing us to see things a bit differently. Verse 32, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. He speaks to what we could consider transactional love. Transactional love says, if you scratch my back, I will scratch yours. Transactional love says, if you massage my foot, I will massage yours. This is how it works in our house. My wife will say, babe, can you massage my foot? I will say, only if you sit directly across from me and we do both at the same time, okay? Otherwise, it's not happening. That's transactional. We love people who love us. That's no different than the world. And Christ is calling us to be different than the world. If you love those who love you, everyone does that. You're just being a person. That's not different. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. Everyone does that. You do good things to people because people do good things to you. That's just being a person. That's not being countercultural. That's not being a light shining against the darkness of the world that we're in. 
That's just being normal. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and get back the same amount. That's no different than the world. That's just being a normal person. Here's what he goes on to say. But love your enemies. Love them. Seek the best for them. Seek to point them towards Christ. Seek to show them who Jesus is. Seek to tell them about the grace found in God's Son. Love your enemies. And do good. And lend. Expecting nothing in return. See, this isn't transactional love. This is sacrificial love. This is the love that Christ has shown us. This, too, is the love we are to show other people. I love my enemies. I love my friends. I don't expect them to love me back. That's what Christ calls us to. I do good to my friends. I do good to my enemies. I do good to the people in my life who are hard to love. I don't expect them to do it back. We do it because Christ has called us to do it. We lend to people who need help. Hey, can I borrow 10 bucks? Only if you pay me back. That's just the world. That's how the world works. Hey, can I have, yeah, let me help you. God's given me some good stuff. Let me do good stuff with it. Let me help you. We lend expecting nothing in return. And then check this out. And your reward will be great. When we give expecting nothing, love expecting nothing, do good expecting nothing, lend expecting nothing, we're rewarded. He asked the question, if you love those who love you, there's no benefit, there's no reward. If you do good to those who do good to you, there's no benefit, there's no reward. If you lend to those who are gonna pay you back, there's no reward, there's no benefit. You love expecting nothing, do good expecting nothing, lend expecting nothing, then your reward will be great. Not in this life, but in the life to come. Let me rewind in chapter six real quick to verse 22. In verse 22, Jesus said this, blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the son of man. We need to remember that part, on account of the son of man. If people hate you, revile you, and exclude you because you're a jerk and you're a butthead, that's not the same thing. Okay, man, can you believe this? Remember what Jesus said? If they hate you, remember they hated me first. Dude, you're an idiot. You're just mean. That's why they hate you. Remember what Jesus said? Take heart. In this world, you will have trouble. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Yeah, bro, but you are a hypocritical, judgmental, that's not even a word, but he is that. <laughs> that's right. He's judgmental. Crazy judgmental. We just made that up right now. That's, you, bro, that's not the same as standing for Jesus and people hating you. That's not the same as walking for Christ and, and, and experiencing the reward that comes in this life. That's not the same thing. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, on that day when we stand for Christ and live for Christ and the world hates us, hurts us, harms us, excludes us, reviles us, curses us, because we stand and walk with Jesus. Blessed is that day, for your reward is great in heaven. Might not be a benefit in this life. How do we love hard to love people? We live with eternity in mind. We live with eternity in mind. This life that we get to live here on earth is about this long. It's about this long. And the way that we live this life will be reflected in how we are rewarded in the life that is to come that is infinite, an infinite amount of lifetimes. We will be rewarded based on how we live and stand for Christ here and now. 
We live with that in mind. So that, much like Paul said, when we encounter light momentary affliction, it's worth it because we know the weight of the eternal glory that someday is to come. We live for Christ now, expecting nothing in return from the people in our life, knowing that we'll be rewarded in the life to come. Second half of verse 35, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. I want to turn back to Matthew chapter 5 real quick. Kevin uh, mentioned last week, Matthew chapter 5 is where we see the Sermon on the Mount. Luke chapter 6 is commonly referred to as the Sermon on the Plain. Similar sermons, potentially um, different times, different places, very similar material. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says this, verse 43, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's the way of the world. But I say to you, countercultural, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes, check this part out, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. See, something really cool happened this morning all over Arizona. God woke up everyone, um, and when they woke up, it wasn't just the believers who got to experience sunlight. Okay, I don't know what's going on this June, why it's so stinking beautiful outside, but it's not just believers who are getting to experience this miraculous 78 degree weather after like nine o'clock. It's not just Christians. All around the world, there's people who need rain to grow their crops so they can eat. And guess what? God sends rain, not just to the Christians, to people who would oppose him, to people who don't love him, to people who hate him. Why would God do such a thing? Because he's merciful and he's kind. How do we love hard to love people? We follow our father's example of mercy and kindness. This is what he does. Who is he merciful to? Everyone. Who is he kind to? Everyone. That's the example that we follow. Someone God puts in my life might oppose me. I need to see that person opposing me uh, as an opportunity to love that person. And to love them, I mean to do what's best for them, to point them towards Christ. How do we love hard to love people? We're filled with and walk by the Spirit. How do we love hard to love people? We follow the golden rule. We treat people the way that we would like to be treated. How do we love hard to love people? We trust that God is our provider and that God is our protector. How do we love hard to love people? We live with eternity in mind. We take our eyes off of the problem we're dealing with now and fix them on Jesus. We live with eternity in mind. How do we love hard to love people? We follow the example of our Father. I'm gonna invite the band out and as I invite the band out, I wanna ask this question and I want us to sit on it for a second. Who are the hard to love people in your life. Who are the hard to love people in your life? Now there's certainly a range on this too. There's people that are just kind of difficult. Okay, a family member you just don't click with, you just don't get along with. Member of your team, a friend of school, you just don't get along with them. They're not an enemy, but they're just hard to love. But there's this whole other scale. How do you love the people who, because you stand for Jesus and want to follow Jesus, they hate you? They hate you. And because they hate you, they hurt you with their words. They tear you down. 
They may even go as far as to physically harm you. Who are the hard people in our life? It's important for us to remember that Christ isn't asking us to do anything that he hasn't already done for us. Romans chapter five, verse 10 said, we were enemies of God. We were enemies of God, opposed to him, opposed to his word. This thing in our life called sin. The Bible says everyone has it. For all have sin. Everyone has sin in their life. Therefore, opposing God, being an enemy of God. God says, do this. And we say, I don't think so. I don't want to do that. God says, don't do that. And like a mosquito to one of those bug lights, we're like, but I just want to. I want to. I want to do it. We were enemies of God. The scriptures say, but God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still enemies, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why is that such a big deal? See, Christ came and lived the perfect life that you and I could never live. The perfect life, making him the perfect sacrifice. So he gladly and willingly and mercifully and kindly and graciously took the cross on our behalf. Wages of sin is death. We should have paid that penalty, but Christ took the cross and paid it for us. Scriptures say he was buried for three days, that he didn't stay dead. He actually rose from the dead, defeating death. That if you and I would place our faith, our hope, our trust in Christ and in Christ alone, we could truly live. We were enemies of Christ, yet he loved us. I'm not sure where you're at, in your life this morning. I'm not sure where you're at in your faith this morning. Uh, maybe this morning you're desiring to walk with and follow Jesus. Man, we'd love to have a conversation with you to help you help point you in that direction. Just pray with you, encourage you, um, help you take your next steps. Maybe find a group of people to plug into. People you can walk with and follow Jesus with. We'll have a prayer team down front, man. They'd love to pray with you. Maybe you came with a friend from, uh, from the gym, from golf, from your neighborhood, from school, from your club, from whatever. Man, talk to them this morning. Say, I think I want to follow Jesus. How do we do that? We've got a team of people in the back, our Follow Jesus team. They'd love to sit down with you this morning and help you follow Jesus, point you in the right direction so you can take your next steps of faith and follow Christ. Friends, let's not be like the world. The world says, love your neighbor, hate your enemies. Christ says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Let us look different. Let us shine brightly in a dark place. Let us love the people in our life that are truly hard to love. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your model of love. We thank you for your example of mercy and grace and kindness that we see in your son, Jesus. God, we thank you for the gift, such a gift it is for us to be in relationship with you, to follow you. God, help us do that each and every day. God, I thank you for um, all of our students here who were at camp this last weekend. Lord, any decisions they made and any convictions that you placed in their heart, God, would you give them courage in the days and weeks and months to come when the world calls them to live a certain way? Would you remind them who they are because of what your son Christ Jesus did for them? Would you continue to help them stand firm in their faith to follow you even when the world might spurn them or hate them or hurt them or harm them on account of who you are and what you've done? 
God, for all of us, I pray the same thing. Lord, help us love the people you've placed in our life, the easy to love and the hard to love. God, the people we don't get along with and even the people who would hate us. Lord, help us be like Jesus in our world. Help us love everyone you bring in front of us. God, we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. I think that's the secret sauce to this whole thing. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. So friends, would we surrender our lives this morning to Jesus, be filled with the Spirit, walk by the Spirit so we can live the life that Christ has called us to live. A life that looks different, a life that truly is countercultural to the world around us. Again, let me remind you, if you're here this morning and you'd like to place your faith, your trust, your hope, and follow Christ, we would love to have a conversation with you and help you do that. To the rest of us, let me encourage you to steal the words of Pastor Kevin. Service is not over until you love somebody. So love somebody. We'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye.